0: Pod save the Queen. Hello
1: and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, I am your host Anne Gripper and we are back in glorious purple Technicolor today because we are celebrating the 10th wedding anniversary of William and Kate, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, as well as catching up on the Royal News and looking at some other bits and pieces as well and I am joined once again by my good friend Daily Mirror Royal Editor Russell Myers, how are you?
2: I'm very well. How are you?
1: I'm all right, thank you. We've had some adventures since we saw each other last. Like, I've been to Cornwall. I've seen the sea. I mean, there were crazy people swimming, it in, swimming in it in their swimsuits in Corn. April. I mean, I was in Cornwall. It is not warm down there. I mean, fair play to them. I've been to a couple of pubs. That's exciting. And do you know where else I've been? I have been into the office to collect all of my junk So I've got the famous maps to colour in and the colouring pencils. Oh, yeah. They will be back on the Instagram to hear from our listeners around the world and colour in the maps. So I'll have to check where we are up to. So we we coloured in the whole of America. That got completed. We've got most of the way through Canada. And then it's a debate of whether it's Europe or um, or just the whole world that we get at next, or I need to get an Australia. Let's go big. Map as well. Let's go, go big. big. Go big or go home. Um, and also, it was a bit sad because I went and looked at our little podcast studio. And it was all locked up. The little red and black squares on the walls, and it's that floor's going. So we'll have. Well, to- I went.
2: I went in today. So I've have literally just come back from the office. It was like I mean, it's just crazy. It's like a ghost town. First time I've been there since February the twentieth. Um. Like, last year not even yeah. this year yeah, yeah, last yeah, yeah, no, year no, it's so fun, it's it? uh yeah so anyway. our little po- well we've done very well good work. we've done a good job and producer Dan has done an even better job yes. and we kept we've kept it ding, on the road
1: keeping the show ding, on the road ding, <laughs> ding, ding,
2: ding, ding. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> Makes me laugh every time, and it's always a surprise when it turns up. So, um, and you've had a nice little break as well, so that is
3: good.
2: (gasps) I did. I had some. I had some time off. I had had some time off uh, clearing the shed, going to the dump. You know, all all it's non-stop glamour in in my life at the moment.
4: Glamorous,
1: very, very glamorous. Well, here we are. But it's a good day to come back because. There are nice pictures, nice video, happy news. It's all quite warm and wholesome and lovely. So, um, we had the pictures, the portraits released under embargo overnight of William and Kate, taken by Chris Floyd, um, a photographer. So, he does like Britpop and. He does.
2: Well, I mean, I'm not even up on photography of fashion. I don't know who Chris Floyd was because. That's sort of a throwback to my youth. He's, he's like Britpop, um, legendary photographer, very, very well-renowned in certain circles. I don't know if many people would know him outside those sort of um, pop, pop fashion circles. But great shots. I mean, hand, hand, hand off to him. They're, they're superb, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're great. And I was thinking, you know, I mean, Britpop is William and Kate's Teenage era, really, isn't it? I would say that you and me and William and Kate yep. were pretty much sort of about the same age, and um, and grew up yeah. with all of that. So those are glorious pictures. And in fact, we, I also talked about them this morning with our friend Ian Vogler because we caught up on the Daily Mirror's Facebook Live, um, and we'll play in some of that audio a bit later on, so we'll be able to explore about those photos. A little bit more um, with ian and also we get to hear from zoe who has been talking to someone from the scouts about what kate has been up to working with them and her sort of time and um her, yeah her work and we've talked quite a lot about kate's work because she does very good things that'd so be interesting to hear from someone who has been working closely with her but as quite often happens we then get a nice little follow-up thing from the cambridge you get, you know, you get the initial thing. Here we go. Here's our here's our nice happy thing to share with you to celebrate the special day. But then they keep something in reserve to say thank you for all our lovely messages in response to the original thing. And this time, it wasn't just like another picture. I mean, that would be a bit samey-samey. This time it was a whole little video. It was like some kind, of, you know, sort of very wholesome up and down the you know, it's, it was, it's like
2: a life view. insurance video. <laughs>
3: I, whole, I, know, I, I think it's
2: great. It is just, I kind of expected like a voiceover talking about, you know, if you want to protect your family in the future, <laughs> this is where you need to take out this product. I mean, it's, I, I, I love it. It's great. Um, it's just like very nice setting on the beaches in Norfolk, which you've, uh, you've never had the pleasure of going. Uh, it's, a, it's God's country up there. It's absolutely glorious. Um, and they all seem to be having a very jolly time.
1: They do laughing think, and
2: joking. Nice I hat. Think, you spotted the hat with Kate. Yeah, I
1: spotted, I spotted the hat because there's various bits that you see. Like a
2: ranger's of hat.
1: Glimpses you go through, and um, I think I don't think it's um, I don't I don't get family interest. Maybe like shampoo. I mean, Prince William aside, there's a lot of glossy hair going on in that um, in that sort of video and sort of autumnal tones. I mean, Kate's <laughs> hair always looks great, and her, I mean her hair in the the uh, photos Chris Floyd took looks. Amazing, like proper proper glam. But she looks lovely in these pictures as well, and the sort of or maybe
2: like a British outerwear. I mean, there's sort of, they're wearing the outerwear. Barber. He's got sort of like the barber jacket. There's the Land Rover Defender in the background. She's got the woolly jumper on, while still thought, looking very glam.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was really interesting. It was a really nice moment. So I think. Um, I'm very jealous of their amazing, the children's amazing seesaw that not only looks like it goes up and down, but it goes round and round as well. That looks brilliant. And it's Charlotte and, and Louis playing on that. I did find it interesting that Louis and George look so much alike and you're sort of glimpsing them and it's sometimes trying to work out which one is which yeah, well,
2: is I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was and I thought oh it's just me being silly but like Louis has just grown up so much like, I know we saw the oh we, we were talking about those the pictures of him going to nursery and turning three last week which were lovely looked,
1: I thought he looked really different in the birthday picture like his hair looked much darker he looked a lot less like george i thought he looked really like kate in that you know lovely picture well, instead of that, riding the bicycle do you
2: know what there's there's at least sort of what the six seven months difference between these Where well, are we now end of april so I'm told that these that video was shot in the autumn and the eagle eyes amongst us spotted that the um, the kids well they're all wearing the same outfits as featured in the Christmas card photographs. So, yeah, it was. So when's autumn? September to October?
1: September, October, so, November. November. Maybe October half term.
2: Well November. then, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or even okay. later. So it's I mean, there's, you know, there's, let's say there's at least six, seven months between those photographs. I mean, gosh, he's changed in quite changed quite a lot, hasn't yeah. he? Because he's, he's growing up.
1: His hair's totally changed. He looks a lot less, a lot less like George. But when I was watching it, I thought actually the difference. If he's giggling, it's probably Louis because he seemed to be really enjoying himself and be a lot more sort of, you know, young, younger and playful and animated. And there's a few bits where George, you know George looks a little bit like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. <laughs> and sort of looks, sort of looking out to sea and you know looking at sort of the, the what's what's going on. Very pensive. Um, very bit pensive. I mean, it's an amazing tree that they um, look like they're having a go at climbing. At. It's very sort of outdoorsy. There was a glimpse of a dog in it, which I'm guessing if it was six months ago, that was probably Lupo. Wasn't it, it is
2: Lupo, yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> definitely. Because uh, and uh, well, just backed up by the fact that that's the dog in the uh, Christmas card photo. Yeah, there's the dog in the Christmas card photo. I'm imagining that. I think I'm imagining it.
1: Well, I think I'm, I've been trying to remember, and then, I mean, Google's not very helpful if you put in, like, William tree and Attenborough, but I feel like William talked to David Attenborough at some stage about an ama- some amazing tree on the Sandringham Estate or something. They but love I a may tree, have, the royals. I they? they love a, they love well, they a tree. They plant lots of them, don't they? But I mm. may have hallucinated that, so I do apologise if I've just started making things up. So, But anyway, either way, it is a glorious and magnificent tree to be climbing up. Um, Marshmallow Lu- is... Lupo's
2: not in the Christmas card photo, but... He did I've imagined that, individual. but it is Lupo. It's got to be Lupo, yeah. Um
1: Marshmallow toasting, that looks very, um, like a Pretty proper tall. outfit going on there. I mean, we've seen Kate doing that with the scouts <laughs> and things as well. Um, the other thing that I spotted, I mean, we're all big fans of Princess Charlotte, I think it's fair to say. Her birthday coming up this weekend as well. So, oh, fingers crossed, maybe more pictures. Come <laughs> on.
2: I mean, it's just been spoilt.
1: But she was running around. You know, she has got a little sweater on, but her her shirt tails were peeking out at the bottom of it. She was firmly shirt tucked out, whereas George and George and Louis were, you know, their shirts were neatly under their jumpers all of the time. So, another reason that I love Princess Charlotte a little bit more today.
3: <laughs>
1: but it's um, you know, it's very very nice tenth wedding anniversary. So, do we? Are we likely to find out or hear anything about what they got each other? I mean, tin, I think, was it you that suggested that they should get each other a tin of beans? So was that like our friend from the when she was messing around?
2: <laughs> Maybe it was Sarah, yeah. Tin of beans is a good one. Well, you'll um, have to remember it, that for in me, a few
1: years' time. From Mrs Myers, I'm sure she'll be grateful.
2: <laughs> if she hasn't run off by that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's tin, isn't it? I mean, well, it's not very glamorous. Tin.
1: Maybe you could get her like um, Aidan Turner from Poldark, who is a tin. Oh, she miner. like
2: him. Who's she, No, who's the chap in what's the new one? Bridgerton. Broad. Bridgerton.
1: Not Broadchurch. That's a no, no, no. What's,
2: what's Broadchurch? Is that about Broadchurch a murder? Is along or with Olivia
1: Colman and David Tennant. Oh um, no, Brid- Brid- Bridgerton like in
2: our house all day long.
1: Oh dear. Um, but yeah, I think tin is a tin is a tricky one. Maybe like I don't know. It
2: is. A tin of beans. It is done. <laughs> Tinas fan. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> i don't know why we got into this uh, no we're not i don't think we're i mean unless well i can't shed any light on it i was just told you know private private time with the family and this i mean i i think the uh much like they'll be doing in this video larking around they seem very very happy the
1: family I think, well, I think also it's you know it's interesting that they've, they've shown sort of both sides of their family life. I guess you had the portrait, which was the two of them romantic or cuddly kind of throw back a bit to their sort of engagement photo shoot somehow with a sort of big, big squeeze going on. And then you've also got, actually this video is kind of, this is what they've been doing the last 10 years. They've got three, they've got three children and, um, and their life has, has changed that it's kind of all all moved on a lot so i think it's interesting that um it it um it shared that and it was quite nice to have actual sort of formal portraits and sort Mm. of things because we get a lot of pictures taken by the duchess of cambridge which are really lovely but it was quite it's quite interesting to have a sort of formally released picture of of them, type whilst,
2: of them, whilst while still like having oil. like the playful the playful elements, I like that's what I liked about them. They're not like one of those pictures you see of the European royals or just sort of standing there and yeah, yeah. someone some taking your picture. Like, I mean, they're focused. just that's why. I mean, that's why the, that's the beauty of having you know someone like Chris Floyd taking the photographs or like this video taken today. Um,
1: Will War, who says, Before. which is the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, a very happy 10th wedding anniversary, a true privilege to capture precious moments with the Duke and Duchess at home with their children.
2: Yeah, lovely. Very so, nice. Shout so, out to the peeps who spotted the ghost dress worn yes. in tour of Pakistan as well.
1: Yes, because it, was, it wasn't sort of a, a main event Pakistan visit thing either. I think it was like a sort of only really seen on Instagram a little bit mm. rather than informal pictures. So, you know, the eagle-eyed people, I mean, that's us say that so. lockdown has prevented a lot of royal fashion spotting. So that is that is returning. And, you know, the royals are, are heading back to work. The Queen has um, sort of completed her, her period of mourning and has she's been, I mean, it, although she was obviously still sort of taking formal calls and things during that period, but she's now sort of back to the more... Um, I don't know, I guess outward looking rather than back, duty. Business. Back to
2: the day job, I think. I mean, you know, it's, it almost seemed like it didn't stop because there were um, obviously a couple of <clears throat> jobs that um, came about that Kate and William were at the Air Cadets because uh, of the Duke of Edinburgh's long association. I think he gave it up in 2015 and it went to, he was the, patron, the royal patron and then uh, it went to Kate. And so they thought, thought it was sort of certainly appropriate. Uh you had Princess Royal, actually just days after he, he had died, as um going to the Isle of Wight to visit the uh the yacht club there, which which again, keen Sailor, very um lots of ties within within there. So she had been given special dispensations to to do that engagement as well. And of course the Queen had been uh holding sort of a mini reception leaving due for the outgoing Lord Chamberlain, Earl Peel, and then welcoming the next day his successor. Uh, Lord Andrew Parker, into the role, former boss of MI5. So it's been pretty busy, but certainly this week, um, a couple of days ago, that the Queen was back to work and taking on her first engagement since Philip's funeral. She um, There was two audiences, which I'm sure lots of people have seen, there, the Windsor UK's, oh, nearly said Zoom, vi- video call. Um, <laughs> I saw a big banner on one of the other websites the other day, Queen does Zoom call. Cool. Oh God! They'll They're be really getting. they getting a letter, yeah. Um, two virtual audiences from Windsor Castle with Her Excellency, Excellency Mrs. Avita I Hope I pronounced that right from Latvia, and Her Excellency Mrs. Safra Afui Amani of Côte d'Ivoire. Um, and so this was the sort of first job since Prince Philip's funeral, and again today she has been doing some more audiences. So certainly there is cause for us to think that um, we're getting back to a bit of normality with the royals. On both um, terms,
1: both in terms of being able to get out and about and um, sort of picking up the reins again after taking a quiet time to again, on the loss of Prince Philip. And although the Queen, so this, is, um, this was again spotted by eagle-eyed people, so it's believed that the brooch that she wore was one that formed part of a tiara that she was given for her, for her wedding. Cause you get, I mean, you get a lot of presents when you're a, a Royal nice. being, having, getting married. Um, and you know, all of these tiaras that just come apart. It's so clever and multi-purpose. You mentioning Princess Anne going to the Isle of Wight has remembered has reminded me about a brilliant story that I heard, I think it was in one of the diary columns. And I think it's one of those ones that is thought to be true but maybe apocryphal. So Prince Philip always used to like to go down to Cows Week and sort of the big sailing regatta and things, apparently. Yes. And he was a keen sailor and you know anyway, so there's some sailor out sailing around the Isle of Wight. I don't know whether it was around Cows Week or just just in general. Anyway, so he's sailing and there's a bit of you know, a bit of a debate about who should give way on, you know, there's all kinds of complicated rules, which I can never understand. Like motor has to give way to sail, but then if you're sailing and the other person's sailing, it depends which way the wind's going. And I don't know which kind of attack you're on anyway. So there was a bit of disagreement over the radio about who should be giving way. So it's like, you know, who, you know, you should give way, please. Why should I give way? Please give way. Well, no. Wait. What do you think you are? Do you own the, Do you own this bit of the sea?
2: Like, well,
1: you can, I mean, you can guess what's coming in. Well, I don't, but my wife. Wife. <laughs> which you know, I I just think it's uh, you can totally imagine it ha- happening. It's
2: like uh, Faulty Towers, Stroke, Monty Python sketch, yeah. isn't it? It's just brilliant.
1: Too good not to share, even if apocryphal. So, anyway, um, so there's that, and also william and kate chasing sheep around
2: <laughs> i mean from the bizar- from the sublime to the ridiculous i love these videos as well william chasing little lamb round and then kate and then driving around in a tractor that was quite a lovely um engagement actually because they were in county durham visiting a farm obviously fifth, fifth generation farm obviously struggling throughout the pandemic showing their support being a bit more Uh, You know, for the sort of rural communities, but also visiting a youth centre that was, what was it called? Cheesy Chips or something? I'll find it in a minute. It's it's called Cheesy Something, I think. Um, They went to this youth centre that benefited quite substantially from donations that were made in lieu of gifts at their wedding. Um, So... I've got to find this thing now called Cheesy Something. Um, so I, I, yeah, I thought they could just round it up. They're sort of still doing a bit more of the coronavirus work and about rural communities that have been cut off. And it's still important to, you know, we get out and support and celebrate our rural communities as we're all coming back in together. And um, and certainly it's very important that these the youth clubs, because there's a lot of kids that have been locked up for a long time. Through uh, through the through the various lockdowns in the UK, that will um that will need sort of reintegrating to their mates. I always think about this, like all the kids. I think we'll see a lot of um, visits to maybe schools or youth clubs mm. by the Royals because there's a lot more attention that kids need you know they've had, they've had a really tough time of it however hard time you think we've had it they've had it really tough the little ones so um, I think we're going to see a bit more royal action on the horizon at schools and youth clubs and the like
1: That well, was a nice tweet from at wise underscore chapman who are the um, farmers who who so William and Kate went to visit. It's fabulous day hosting their Royal Highnesses, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, for a tour of our farm. And they chat about the opportunities in being a mixed farm. Such a warm and well-informed couple. Absolute honour to host them. So that's a very nice like thank you message to them for coming along. Um, so I think it's time to think about, um, well, partly going back in time um as we had uh, we'll hear shortly from the scouts and sorry
2: so i'm just it's called cheesy waffles project
1: cheesy waffle i mean no, I was I think, gonna bug
2: me. that was gonna bug me I,
1: I think we need to go there I mean, <laughs> cheesy god i'm hungry now too anyway oh i was just um i was also wanted to give a shout out like the there's various places that have been organizing sort of charity anniversary fundraiser type situation so i know that the baby bank is one of the ones that has um has, people have been sort of the twitter sphere has been activating itself and encouraging people to i think um the baby bank's got a, a wish list on amazon so people have been going on there and buying them stuff and, and sending it over so I was sh- i'm sure there are other initiatives that have also been going on so it's a great way to turn a happy day into one that benefits more people as well so um well done to anybody who has been doing something like that. Um, so it's been 10 years of William and Kate, Russell. I mean, you've not, you weren't, you weren't, well, 10 years of married life, William and Kate, anyway. You weren't reporting on them when it was their
2: Gosh, wedding. no, that seems like a lifetime ago. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, no, well, I'm...
1: Where do you uh, think um, they are? Like, how do you assess their... Well, do you know, from
2: a sort of outsider, not even just from an outsider's point of view, before I joined this gig, that um, I think certainly from either speaking to people in the palace or speaking to others who have done this job um, a lot longer than I, I, they, they would tend to agree with my assumption which is, you know, as as an observer as well, that it's really been in the last sort of three, maybe four years, that they have really, their star has taken off. And maybe that was because, um, you know, arguably when um, Meghan came on the scene and Harry, they didn't need to look after Harry so they could get on with their own thing. And then they had more of an identity, just the two of them, because it all started out with doing heads together and projects with Harry as well. Um, and then when they've been able to sort of set up their own foundation, take that on as they have in the last couple of years, and, and just and Kate having more of an identity. I wrote it the weekend actually. I wrote this piece about how when you look at the ten-year period, and certainly that Kate didn't want to rush into the job, and, and certainly she didn't because it's taken her this this amount of time to really get to grips with those major um, issues. Let's look at, you know, the Back to Nature project, the early years development that that's taken on, the, the issues with baby banks and things that will have societal change and maybe not instantly, maybe not 10 years, but will over the course of her royal life, perhaps a generation or two that she's laid the foundation. And I think that was always the key Actually like never there was never any pressure on her to sort of jump into things. And perhaps playing a devil's advocate on the other side, that's perhaps where Harry and Meghan went wrong because they just wanted to do everything straight away. They were asking questions why they couldn't do this, that and the other, and they wanted to, you know, do everything very, very instantly. Um and so that's why they've they've gone on their own way. Whereas for William and Kate, it's always been a marathon and not a sprint. And only now, really, the last couple of years, I think. You're really seeing the benefits of the the um, and the fruits of their labors, yeah. and certainly hers, because she's done all the groundwork. You know, when we talk about these the early years development. They'll tell you that this is the this is the nine years graft has gone into this, yeah. and that's not only you won't have seen her do things for the last nine years, maybe not even the last five, but she's been meeting people all the time. She's decided, I think, obviously, change it. Her being a mother. Um, I mean how old well is George now seven so you know obviously those last seven years her her viewpoint on where she wanted to take her her working life has changed immeasurably um and i and I really do think they are happier than ever you see i mean I don't think that those those videos are very well shot don't get me wrong the pictures are great but i I actually do think that that is you know people who know them and speak to them and live their lives with them will tell you that they are happier than another they are more content that there of course there's been lots of heartache and issues with the infighting with other members of the family that have um, really upset them but they seem very very united as a pair and while one is allowed it's not there's you know no one's vying for, to be top dog there's one one is allowed to, to shine and the other one takes a back seat like you saw at the air cadets kate jumping in an air simulator william holding her bag at the back <laughs> and uh and then you know it's the other side and and i think they the, the, the child care is inter- interchangeable as well um and i think that that makes a really really solid basis for their relationship and it seems to work um very very well at the at the moment
1: I think um you talk about sort of the last few years, I think probably Prince Philip, his retirement from royal life that probably was a time again when they had you know it was a it was a step up for them because he obviously did so much work and had been doing it for such a long time that there was a gap there that needed filling and it was interesting sort of seeing that picture of Kate when Philip was handing over the cadets sort of um patronage responsibility if you like and Kate's fashion and how it how that has sort of changed and refined and I think I think she was possibly wearing one of the the sort of suits that from her early days in in royal life and I mean fashion's a funny thing I think we can probably all look at things that we wore five years ago and think oh goodness I mean certainly 10 years ago unless it was a McQueen wedding dress in which case I think you're going to be totally fine forever whenever you look at that it's always going to be good but um, you know that and I also wonder whether even her photography and that being a thing that is hers and that she does that none of the other royals really do i mean we saw the picture that sophie wessex had taken of of the queen and prince philip which was released by the royals as as part of their sort of tributes to philip but it's only really pictures from kate that we see released and she's been doing that for quite a while certainly since the children were born i think and the sort of respect if you like that she's had for doing that and the, you know, appreciation. I don't know whether she sees the comments on Instagram or reads the photographer's assessments or whatever, whether she even cares. But the fact that there is this thing that is just hers, I think that must be really helpful when you're coming into the firm, a big institution, and you're able to provide something that is a little bit different maybe. And And, it gives
2: you you confidence. I think it's always well to have something in your locker, isn't it, that you do that you do particularly well, um, even if you are part of a team, like, the, like the, the business, and look at us three. We're doing our little podcast, and we, we love doing it, and some people say, well done, and we love it. And, <laughs> and, and it's good to be able to, to have that. And she's also taken that on from being a, a novice, and and then now she's you, you you have that platform of being elevated to the patron of the National Photographic Society, and and then you take a real keen interest in it. And I'm sure she had an interest in it before. But by gosh, the access you must have speaking to all the the experts and really getting a quite a knowledge foundation of your craft. I mean, just speak to. Um, you know our good friend Ian Vogler, who will tell you, and he's written in the in the paper several occasions about how she's gone from strength to strength, and and she actually takes very very good photographs. And and what he always says is that the, it's very difficult to capture things in the moment whilst making them not look posed up. And you look at all the kids, the England football uh, jersey when. Um, Just trampling on the floor. Yeah, and then even you know um, Louis riding his bike the other day. They're, They're great shots.
1: So question came in. This is fortuitous that I remembered this. Just this was an accident while we were having happy accident while we we're having this conversation, but it's, um, it's, a, it's a good question. RM um, Davis 065, I'm sorry, I don't know your real name because I can't see it on your Instagram, but when photos taken by the Duchess of Cambridge and are published by the media, does she receive compensation? If so, do we know what she does with it? Donate it to a charity or their foundation? And I mean, the answer to that question is simply that essentially they're released for they're released for public use without, so essentially no copy, non-copyright. If you, yeah. if you started doing yeah, daft yeah. things with them,
3: yeah, you, you can't
1: put
2: them trouble. on a tea towel or, car- or a mug. You
1: can't start selling them.
2: No, them on, or, a- and some of them have caveats that you can only use them for like a few months or a year, and then after that, you need to ask special permission. But you can't, you can't set up as a stall at a car boot and start knocking them out with letter plates. <laughs>
1: so so it's it's one of those sort of I don't know fair dealings. I think is probably the the closest um, the closest sort of explanation. Yeah, is. yeah. Treat them treat them respectfully, and um, and it's okay to use them. Although, I guess so. if if Kate is listening, she might be thinking this is a good wheeze, and I will be asking for donations to my uh, to my charitable causes for this. But um, no, it was an, it was a really it was an interesting thought. So thank you for sharing that question with us. Um, so right time now to hear from some other people and our friend zoe foresee mirror online features editor has um, done one of her you know she she finds interesting people to talk to and then has a little chat about it what it's really like to work with the royals so let's hear who she's
0: been talking to this time Yes, I am joined by Matt Hyde, who is the CEO of the Scouts. Thank you so much for joining me today, Matt. How are you?
3: I'm good, thank you. Great to be with you, Zoe.
0: So, like I said, we just wanted to have you on because you have worked very closely with Kate um, in recent years as part of her work with the Scouts. Uh, So we just wanted to kind of find out a little bit more about what she does. So can you tell us first off, how did she first become involved?
3: Well, she first became involved as a volunteer back in January twenty twelve, and uh, we've had this fantastic engagement with her ever since. I mean, it was such a brilliant opportunity to promote flexible volunteering, which is what she uh, did as a volunteer helping out with a, uh, a cub pack in in Anglesey, and subsequently we've had various engagements leading up to the announcement of her as one of our joint presidents. Uh, back in uh, last year in 2020. So obviously
0: over the years you know that's that's been a long time then that she's been involved with you guys and what you do and so what kind of engagements has she done what kind of events when have you you know what kind of things has she done?
3: Well she has has helped us to showcase particular areas that we've wanted to focus on so uh, back in December 2014 she for instance visited a group in an area of deprivation in, in East London when we were launching a big campaign there about extending our reach into deprived communities across the, the country She's um, she was at our Cubs 100 Centenary of Cub Scouting um, event in uh, December 2016 uh, visiting a Cub a Pack in uh, Kings Lynn And then more recently, she visited our headquarters at at Gilwell Park uh, a couple of years ago now um, to uh, explore one of our pilot projects, which has been extending scouting to four and five-year-olds. And the whole area of early years is something that's so important to the Duchess of Cambridge. So what we've tried to do as well throughout those visits is align things that we want to talk about as scouts, but that she is passionate about, whether that be about early years um, uh, development in, in, in younger children or mental health and well-being, which, of course, you'll know that um, the Duke and Duchess are so so passionate about.
0: And so you've been lucky enough to, to meet Kate several times, haven't you?
3: I have, yes, that's right.
0: So as someone that, you know, obviously many of us don't really have that, you know, have that. We obviously know lots about her in terms of her public work. But as someone who's met her, what what's she like as a person?
3: oh i mean totally um charming um very good at pe- putting people at ease because um, you can imagine you know whether you're a um, scout leader or a young person or what have you you're you when you're meeting the duchess of cambridge some people are kind of like in 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 awe or um a bit starstruck but she's fantastic at asking the right questions and listening to people and just naturally good at engaging, good at engaging people of all ages as well. I'd say she really does bring the best out of, of young people and, um, and and really wants to hear their stories as well. So it's always such an exciting moment when you get to spend time with her and, and just see how she can, shine but also bring the best out of others
0: and she always gets really she always kind of really gets in doesn't she she always gets her hands dirty she's never kind of just standing there and watching like there was gosh was it last year or the year before i think time hasn't counted for the last 12 months is yeah, exactly happened.
3: that's right <laughs> um
0: where she, she was roasting marshmallows wasn't she and she was kind of helping with lots of like you know, kind of um, crafts and things like that.
3: That's right. So that was a, a visit we did in uh, Northolt um, to a scout group there to thank volunteers who'd kept scouting going during the uh, pandemic, uh, running events online um, over Zoom and the like. And um, and yeah, you're right. She she there was she was um, getting involved in craft activities. She was um, toasting marshmallows around around a campfire. And and that. That the advantage of being a volunteer herself is that she's not, um, not and she's not daunted by doing things like that. Actually, she really enjoys doing them, and uh, I mean, I know she was saying, even last year, they spent so much time um, with the family, getting outdoors and lighting fires as well. So this is something that's really um, core to her uh, belief and what she's passionate about, which is, I think, she's experienced the power of being outdoors on her own well-being and the family's well-being and she wants other people to experience that as well
0: yeah because that's one of the things you mentioned earlier about her um you know the early years work she's done but she's spoken so passionately about the childhood that she had obviously the Middleton family spent so much time outside but also that something that she's doing with with her own children with George, Charlotte and Louis you know what they kind of you know they're outside basically every day rain or shine and that's something that you know kind of message that the scouts really supports that doesn't it
3: yeah that's absolutely right i mean what we do is we get young people outside having fun experiencing adventure and and developing skills for life and that is so in line with, as I say, what she believes herself. She's also an incredible role model for the girls and young women, in particular, in in, in the um, the Scout movement. So, in the time that she's been uh, with us as a uh, as a as a volunteer, um, our um our well our volunteer numbers have grown from about ninety eight thousand to one hundred fifty six thousand, but also female membership stood at one hundred fourteen thousand. Um, when she joined and are now at 189,000 so that's about 65% wow. increase now of course that's not all down to her but I just think the bringing that uh, her presence as a fantastic role model has just been so helpful for us uh, and getting the message across that scouting is is for all genders it's not just not just for for boys and and young men
0: yeah, no, fantastic, and and I know I promised I wasn't going to ask you about fashion, but I have now. Just thought she does often look the park as well. You know, she's, she's she, we don't see her in full uniform, but you know she does normally have. You know, talk us through what she has kind of worn.
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm in dangerous territory if I'm going <laughs> to if I'm going to start talking about fashion. So uh, I'm probably better for your for your um, uh, next person you're speaking to. But what she wear often wears is a scout scarf, sometimes called a necker. Um, which every Scout wears. And it's often tied in what's called a friendship knot. So rather than the sort of traditional woggle, it's a bit more of a relaxed style. And um, yeah, she'll always wear that to any of the engagements we've got. And that's the thing is, you know, across the world, there are 55 million Scouts and all of them wear a neckerchief or a scarf. And that's one of the things that kind of binds us all together and that shared identity. So again, What always strikes me is that when we do things um, with the Duchess and we get that fantastic coverage. I'm always being contacted by other scout organizations and scout leaders from across the whole globe who've seen the coverage and the footage. So, so her impact is far bigger than just what's felt in the UK. So, you know, you'll end up with things in Paris Match or I'll, I'll end up with um, being contacted by people in the US saying what amazing coverage for scouting, isn't this brilliant? So it, yeah, really, really big impact.
0: Fantastic, and obviously we see her, kind of you know we see the photos of her, we see the little bits of interviews and things like that, the kind of official side. But is you know does her you know what what's she like behind the scenes? Is that different to what we see in public, or is it all kind of you know is it all quite similar?
3: Um, I, I, it's pretty, it's consistent really with with what you see, and and um, you know I think that's why there are some people in the public eye. Who have such uh, such resonance with the public, and that's because what you see is what you get. You know, we've I've got a uh, we're, we're lucky to have a chief scout in in Bear Grylls. Who what you see is exactly what you get. <laughs> I mean, I, I I've had moments where I've had them. Um, uh, he's forced me to do more uh, adventurous things and 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 you're just like you would be on a running wild or, or something like that you know you're um, and he's acting in exactly the same way as encouraging you and you know never give up and i think that's that's why some people just as i say so resonate so much with the public because what you see is what you get
0: Obviously, be you know the you know kind of being the scouts. The majority of engagement that she ent- like attends with you guys involves children, and and as you said before, she always looks completely at ease when she's you know chatting to kids and kind of you know leaning down and kind of just getting involved in everything. What kind of parts have you noticed of that? You know, kind of actually being there with her.
3: Well, I think she, um, as you say, is not afraid to. Um... Um, muck in and get involved and they love that Um, they obviously if some of the younger ones have a view of what's going to arrive as a princess like almost (laughs) like a sort of Disney princess or something like that so that always takes a a bit of a a get used to but as I say what she's very good at is um, asking the right questions um, in order for them to talk and share their own stories and I think that's that's pretty amazing if you're a young person you've had that experience that you'll think about that for the rest of your life that you've you've been listened to by um a member of the the royal family and that you've been um for that moment you're their sole focus of attention and and that's really it's really powerful and and um you know, I think we underestimate that our peril already because I just think there is something that a bit of joy that's brought that's what I, that's what I, the great thing about my job when when I do these these visits is you see this incredible joy on people's faces. when i when i um when we did the early years um pilot work and we'll be we we'll be say more about um this particular project uh, later in the summer, the, the all of the pilots we've done were all in areas of deprivation. And some of the people who uh, had joined us um, uh, from in Gilwell Park, and those that had come from Birmingham had never been outside of Birmingham, let alone been on holiday. So so to go from that and then have a day where you're spending time with the Duchess of Cambridge, um, uh, uh, building dens with her, um, uh, it just is such a It's a privilege to see because it really lights up people's lives and gives people something that they can talk about to others and just that real sense of of joy.
0: Brilliant. And so what are the – you mentioned about having more volunteers signing up, but what have the other kind of advantages been of having Kate as your president?
3: I think, as I say, it be having a female um, uh, president, joint president. And um, promoting those messages about um, scouting today, that it's, um, uh, even though we've we've had um, girls and young women in full membership for 25 years, um, not many of the public understood that Uh, 10 years ago. A lot more do now because we measure that every year as one of the things we ask when we do our um, uh, perception work. Um, I, it's clearly the, the sheer profile. So, you know, if you get a great, um, image of her enjoying, uh, an event, then you can be pretty confident that that'll be on at least one front page, if not a few more. <laughs> um, but also the, I would say it's also the, the and championing of the causes that we feel passionate about and that align with her passions as well. And really, what we're doing here is to promote the power of scouting at a time when young people really, really need it, and they really, really do now, having come out of the of a year of of lockdown and mental health challenges, and uh, having to catch up on their uh, learning, and particularly at certain in certain communities across the UK, um, whether that be the as I say the areas of deprivation or Black Asian and minority ethnic communities. Her passions are the same and she wants those young people to have those same um, incredible opportunities and experiences. And so I think from her point of view, there's a sense also a feeling that she's doing good by helping us to reach those young people and providing a fantastic message about volunteering as well. So we are blessed, we're really, really lucky.
0: And so just finally then, do you have any particular favourite stories of the time you've spent with Kate?
3: I suppose go, just going back to that day when we focused on our um, those early years pilots with four and five year olds at, at our headquarters, um, there was a great moment when uh, as you' all know, the kind of press pack move move around and follow her with a whole sort of snapping of, uh, of cameras. And they'd moved on um, to to get the next picture, but what had happened was um, the Duchess had been left with um, uh, the, the the young people who were really wanted to do den building with her, and they um they they made this den, but then they wanted to check whether it was um. Uh, waterproof or not okay. so they they made her that was great i mean they so they basically encouraged her to go in there and then they were all there armed with water to check if it um, if it was going to go on top of her or not and suddenly you could see that all that the press had realized they were missing out on this fantastic picture running back scrambling back to get this incredible image which they did, and of course, that was the image that that played out on many of the front pages the next day. But it was just that moment of magic you could see unfolding, and that um, almost there was a sort of slightly mis- mischievous element from these four and five year olds who just wanted yeah. to have fun. But she just absolutely went with it.
0: That's what I think great is about. That's what's great about these visits that do involve kids is. That wouldn't have happened if it was a load of adults. Exactly. Like, oh, no, we couldn't do that. Obviously, she needs to go and have her perfect hair for the next photo. But, you know, That's you don't right. get that with kids. It's like, yeah, this is a completely, you know, we have to check if it's waterproof.
3: Absolutely right. And they did.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Matt. Um, really quickly, if anyone else wants to find out anything more about the Scouts or Kate's work within, where should they where should they look to read up more?
3: well we're always after more volunteers and the difference it makes to not just young people's lives but the people who volunteer with us as well is incredible in terms of your mental health and well-being and and the development of skills and so if you want to find out about that and get involved please go to scouts.org.uk
0: and as Matt said earlier obviously there are scout groups all around the world so if we've got any listeners um who are elsewhere as well there's lots of information there as well thank you so much Matt it was lovely to chat to you
3: fantastic thanks very much indeed Terry
1: So thank you very much for Zoe to for sorting out that interview and we look forward to hearing who she has up her sleeve next. Um, and Russell, it must be a while since you've been out on a job with Ian Vogler because you don't get to go out and about quite so much anymore.
2: I saw him in Windsor and our meeting was so fleeting. Uh, and Actually, you know, we had dinner together with Arthur Edwards, which was very nice. Um, but yeah, we haven't over been on the a funeral. proper... Over the funeral. Yeah, I mean, obviously... Yeah, would have been much better to uh, on a tour or whatever. But that is the first time I've seen him in over a year.
1: Well, I'm glad um, that you were reunited, and um I, I was very excited just to see him through the medium of the Facebook live. This I morning. tuned
2: in this morning.
1: Oh well, thank you for your compliment about my fascinator. I have um those of you who follow us on the Instagram will see that I got dressed up for the occasion. I mean, you know. Not very many opportunities to get dressed like this. You year, thank you for your compliments. Ooh. It was
2: lovely. I, I, nice I thought it was, it was very nice to uh, turn on my, I was going to say my television, but it was on Facebook, turn it <laughs> on and see, and see both of you. He looked rather well, didn't he? He did. It,
1: it was very, very jolly. He's his Harry
2: really... Potter glasses on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, well, I've got my Harry Potter glasses on today as well. So anyway, it was lo- <laughs> it was lovely to catch up with Ian because unlike Russell and I, he was actually there for the wedding day Ten years ago, so it was great to hear his recollection. So let's let's have a listen to that. If you'd rather see the video version, then you can head over to the Facebook. But yeah, here's the audio of our chat earlier
2: today.
1: Lovely to see you, Ian. It's been a while since we chatted on the Royal Podcast Pod Save the Queen, and it's nice to be back.
4: It's very nice to be back and talking about a happier occasion than than the recent weeks.
1: Yes, it's a bit. Um, it's been a bit lively recently. Uh, well, initially sort of um, chaos and then sadness with the funeral of Prince Philip. But yes, like you said, happy to remember a really grand royal occasion. And I think we've been quite spoiled over the last few years. There's been loads of royal weddings. But back in 2011, huge excitement because it had been a long time since it had been such a big deal, really.
4: Yeah, it had been, I can't remember how many years, but quite a few years, wasn't it? A long, long time.
1: So you were out, I was in the office that day doing all of the, you know, internet type stuff and you were out on the ground covering things. Um, What's what's your sort of abiding memory of that day?
4: Well, it was a long, we, we had lots of colleagues, lots of photographers all over the place. We had military planning, we had meetings, and uh, I was on what they call the QVM, the Queen Victoria Memorial, which is looks like a big birthday cake right in front of the palace. But it's quite a few hundred meters from the palace. And that's where you see the balcony for the, uh, the kiss picture, which is always a favorite for the media, both here and abroad. So because of road closures and letting the public get near it, um, we basically had to be there about six o'clock in the morning. So a long, long wait. Roads were closed. I remember buying a big trolley from B&Q the day before and loading everything onto this trolley from a hotel nearby. And then having to basically trudge a good couple of miles, you know, down the road to get there, to be there about six o'clock in the morning with loads of colleagues to to wait it out, basically. Luckily, as you remember, as you can see from the pictures, it was a nice day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it would have been a bit of a shame for everybody, including you, if you had been standing there in the pouring rain and um, dedication to the cause 6am start and heading out. But I bet there were some Royal fans out there with you as well as all of the photographers.
4: Yeah, there's a, there's a plan. It's a similar plan they use at Trooping of the Colour when Trooping of the Colour is allowed. The, the public hang about on the Mall which is uh, further up from the palace well, you can see in the background picture, you can sort of see the out and the public stand ar- around the Mall. The Mall's obviously close to traffic. They stand in the road. And then nearer the time the uh, police escort the public down so there's thousands of people waiting up the road for for the event to happen for the couple to come onto the balcony and the you could hear the noise and the excitement of those people it just sort of adds to the occasion obviously we saw the carriages going before the wedding and the build-up was uh you know it was hugely anticipated event but ironically being right there in front of it we were somewhat cut off from the world because communications were were, we were struggling because everyone who would turned up seemed to want to stream it to their friends via their phones so we were a little bit cut off I think I just had my little transistor radio it's like a bit of a throwback to the to the 80s you know just to make sure everything was going to time.
1: Well, yeah, the internet 10 years ago and mobile phones weren't quite what they are today, really. Not so super speedy. It was that, it was that classic thing come New Year's Eve where, where your mum would send you a text message at about half past nine to say, I'm wishing you a happy new year now in case the network goes down at midnight. And obviously they still do that because that's what mums do. But, you know, all of those people trying to share all of that excitement. And, you know, most people, obviously what, millions around the world watching it on TV at home. How much of a sense did you have of, you know, kind of what was unfolding and where things, where things were in progress? Because I guess you need to be, you need to know when it's going to be your moment and be ready to get that picture because it's such a major event. I mean, it'd be a nightmare to miss the moment.
4: Yeah, it would be. The uh, the balcony picture, you got some some heads up. They basically open the, the doors So, um, you know, once a guy comes out of those glass doors, once they're open, you know that um, everything's about to happen. All the royal family are about to come out. The couple came out. And, you know, from from then on in, you're looking at, you know, a few minutes, maybe three minutes, four minutes, the whole thing. So you're there from six o'clock in the morning waiting for those few minutes of of activity to make it work and potentially make you know any photographer wants to get on the front page of their publication that's what you're trying to achieve so you know that's what you want and but you know it's got to happen first basically they've got to you know they've got to have the kiss which obviously they did and it and it's, it's it's got to be you know it's got to be in front of you which more or less it would be so but there's various technical challenges it's a long way away it's several hundred meters the biggest lens made was was were handed out to us by By the wonderful people at Canon they managed to find them from all over Europe ship them into London and lent them out to us and uh, amazing but you can't legislate for heat haze that's a fantastic enemy of photographers even in the UK believe it or not heat haze can be a problem especially when you're working over those distances and then the people that are allowed down in front of the palace as they move down obviously there's their movement there's dust coming up there's pollen there's heat there's all of these factors that you can't legislate for until it's actually happened you don't know how it'll affect the image until after you've taken the picture so you've got all those things to to take into account uh and then obviously transmitting the thing but my um the then picture editor ian was He was right, you know, it's great you're going to be there, it's great you're going to get a picture, but how bloody hell are you going to get it to me, you know, everyone will be on their phone. So we uh, hired, believe it or not, a sat phone, a little box of tricks as big as a laptop that you point to the sky and your picture goes literally up to a satellite in the sky to beam back down to Canary Wharf about four miles away at the cost of something like 10 quid a minute.
1: I think it's usually, you know, the defence editor when he's being sent out to Iraq and Afghanistan and all those dangerous places. It's normally him that gets sent off with the sat phone. But there you are in the middle of in the yeah. middle of London, in the big, in the middle of a happy day, using this to make sure make sure the picture gets back. And how is it in the pen with all of the photographers? Is everybody good natured, or is there a bit of like jostling and elbows to get the best position?
4: No, it's all it's fairly. Um, you space yourselves out. Everybody knows everybody. So. It was made up of 75% of British photographers that knew each other. There were some international photographers in there. Um, At the time, owing to the um, government's take on these things, we actually had to pay quite a considerable amount of money. So we were very relieved to find that the people who put the stand up I think it's English heritage or somebody had done us the courtesy of putting in some restroom facilities as our American friends would say, because that was a concern when you're going to be there from that time of day. But um, yeah, it was really well natured. Everybody's, you know, are trying to get the same thing. They're trying to get the front page of their publication or the guys working for agencies are trying to get as many publications as possible. So everyone is sort of in it together. So it's it's great to, to work with colleagues that are such you know old friends as well Then once you get the picture you've then got to look at it on your you can look at it on a computer or you can send it directly from the camera if you want to make sure it's a really good picture you're going to get it onto the laptop and have a look at it but then you're in bright sunlight so then you see this fabulous image of a load of photographers sitting on the ground with their jackets or coats over their heads to get some shade even on a hot day to see whether or not the picture's worth sending it's uh There's not really a piece of equipment made for that, so your coat or jacket does for that little task anyway.
1: Your picture, the iconic picture of the day that was on the Mirror's front page, it wasn't just a kiss on the balcony, as marvellous a moment as that was. You know, William resplendent in his uniform, Kate looking absolutely gorgeous in her queen dress and the tiara and the, you know, really sort of elegant uh, bouquet of flowers. And then, obviously romance there and then yeah. one of the bridesmaids stealing the show brilliantly um and just that sort of i don't know real life mm-hmm. and happiness and just sort of a funny moment as well as the the yeah. romance and the grandeur
4: yeah, the poor, poor little girl. Um, I've forgotten her name now. I think. Yeah. So she's obviously been told, you know, this is what's happening, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that, and obviously you've got to be on your best behaviour. But no one told her that there's going to be a great big flyover from the RAF of, you know, four or five massive aeroplanes, including thousands of people screaming, uh, and all these planes coming over the top. And I think she was just. You know, really freaked out. And yeah, there are some versions of this picture from other colleagues from different angles. She doesn't really feature in the picture, but luckily for me, she featured in the picture. And I think it makes it really makes it, doesn't it? There, there she is. I mean, that picture will obviously maybe you know be with her forever. And I think it, it helped tell the story in a in a sort of entertaining way.
1: Absolutely. It was a very memorable moment. I mean, there was it was such a, a brilliant. Day and I, I know there's a, I do a picture that we've we've got together, but the, when they popped back out and did their little turnaround um, in the in the in the classic car, having a little drive about, and it, they you know there were there were elements that were throw were a throwback to previous royal weddings. You've got the balcony kiss, but it still felt like it was their day done a bit differently, and that they'd had had a bit of fun with it. I mean, you've you've spent I mean not a lot of time, but quite a lot of time with them over the past 10 years. Um, you went on their first tour, which is not that long after they got married and, you know, multiple tours with them since. How, they seem to be a really sort of strong partnership, both as a, as a family unit and as a royal working unit. What's your experience been sort of seeing them up close?
4: Yeah, they do, um, they, they do a great job of, there's an art to this sort of talking, small talk, you know, talking to people who you've never met about something you might not know very much about. They're obviously briefed beforehand, but whenever they do, that there's a picture of them last week, air cadets they were talking to. I'm pretty sure that um, yeah, Prince William knows quite a bit about the military, but they engaged with the youngsters there last week, chatting about all a variety of topics, and they seem to master that the people that they speak to are left, you know without any doubt that they actually you know engage with them and were interested in them so they the best bit is when it's anything competitive right where last week they um with the air cadets the um duchess was invited to get in a flight simulator it's like a looks like the cockpit of a small aircraft rigged up to computers and as she got into it william's standing there saying oh this will be interesting you know thinking that perhaps she might crash but uh, she didn't actually i think she kept it flying so yeah they get competitive and that always turns into good pictures you know they've done some canoeing stuff some rowing stuff on different tours and it's genuine competitiveness and it makes for great pictures
1: i think we saw that i think back in canada was it they were racing dragon boats on that very first on that very first trip and i think there were so many things in that trip that did really sort of set mm. the tone for for what we've seen of them since in terms of you know having fun and and mucking in and being sort of out and about and then also super glam you know that I think it was a dress for a BAFTA thing in LA that that Kate wore so you know that is still one of those really memorable pictures definitely I ended up with I think the first two years of Kate's royal fashion are indelibly ingrained in my head because I was writing about it so much so much of the time um how do you think they've sort of changed and and grown i guess into their roles 10 years three kids later um and very much now a central you know fundamental part of the working royal family they had that time out initially you know william was still working as a helicopter pilot they were living on Anglesey immediately after they got married so they had they had a bit of time together first and then they've moved into being full-time very busy very busy working royals really
4: yeah, I think it's for any couple to, you know, have three kids in ten years. That's quite hard. I mean, obviously they've got a support network, they've got they've got help with it, but there's still a lot to do there. And uh, now I think ten years ago they were they were the younger royals, and we didn't. Now things are changing. Obviously, with the loss of the Duke of Edinburgh, we're all more and more aware of the Queen's age now, aren't we? That's coming up a lot, obviously. And things will change, you know, nobody's going to go on forever. Um, So I think they're becoming more and more towards where they're going to go next. You know, who knows where where it will go. But um, I think they treat, you know, they take things seriously, but they're so good with with young. I, I think I've seen them more with younger people than older people and they fit in there really, really well. So I think they're getting towards, you know, being molded more for what will come next.
1: Although they did do a very nice job of the bingo calling during one of their coronavirus visits with the virtual visits with the one of the care homes, I think. Um, some lovely pictures have been released today, a couple of portraits by Chris Floyd, who works for camera photographer, who works for camera press, I think, and who, who made his name originally in the Britpop era, which would have been when, you know, when William and Kate were growing up and uh, all of those great bands of the nineties. So Chris Floyd took these two pictures. He posted on his Instagram. He said, I recently visited Cambridge for the first time in my life. That same day by an astonishing coincidence was also the day I was asked to photograph the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge for their 10th wedding anniversary. It was a a thrill to spend some time with them at Kensington palace, especially as the Duchess is a rather keen photographer. Happy anniversary. Um, I think, I think it's interesting looking at these pictures. I think mean, they they look they look very well ten years on and
4: Yeah, they do. They they just look like pictures of, of a of a couple, you know. They don't necessarily look like the kind of image we'd expect to see of the future King of England, but they're they are really nice. You could argue that someone in the picture's got less less hair than they had ten years ago, but you know, that might well be the same for me. But all <laughs> in all, I think yeah, they look really nice pictures, they just look relaxed and, and happy, not too formal. Uh, and nicely nicely done pictures, not not overly complicated, not fussy lighting or fancy backgrounds or anything, just nice pictures.
1: Nice way to mark the occasion. It's interesting as well, so Chris Floyd has twice, I think, won the um, Taylor Weston Photogra- the Portrait Prize, which is held at the National Portrait Gallery each year, which is one of Kate's patronages. So a little link there, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, who are your favourite royals to photograph in?
4: Well, I think they're all um they're all very good. Uh, the the most difficult potentially, you could have said, the Duke of Edinburgh famously told a photographer to just bleeping take the picture. He never wanted to hang about. He was always in a hurry to get his picture done and, and go off to the next thing. Um, I think they're always um always amenable, you know. The Prince of Wales, Prince Charles seems to he quite enjoys having his picture taken. He he knows he's more understanding, I think, of the role of of the media because obviously he's been he's been doing it for a very long time. Uh and so and Camilla too. They both understand the the value of pictures. I think you know the younger royals understand it too because you know we need people want to see what they're up to and without pictures and and footage no one's gonna be able to do that. It is interesting that the way it works, you know, people maybe don't know that we were with the um, Cambridges in, I think, in Scandinavia, and there was a local photographer who was going to come on a visit to a museum. And uh, he said to me, oh, what what do you call them? I said, what do you mean, what do, you, what do I call them? He said, you know, the, the, the royals. How do you call out to them if you want them to, to look at your camera? I said, well, we just don't. He said, no, no, no. He said, look, what do you say when you want like William to look at your camera? I said, we don't do that. That just doesn't happen. He couldn't understand it anyway. He tried it about two minutes into the job about three minutes into the job he suddenly was being asked to leave the building so it's a it's a different it's an interesting relationship we're there but they don't want us to to interrupt they don't want us to speak to them we're just there to record the event and that's it occasionally if there's a group picture you might you know ask them to look one way or the other so um there was one we went to cyprus and William was supposed to hand over some presents to the commanding officer of a base. So they all lined up for it. And he was standing right in front of the Christmas tree and it was ruining the picture. So I said, Oh, so you're, you, you know, you're blocking. And he thought I meant I was blocking Kate. So he said, Oh, you, you just want to see a picture, a picture of my wife. Thank you. You're block- I'll go. I said, no, no, you're blocking the Christmas tree. He said, Oh, I didn't see that there. So, you know, it's a, it's an interesting relationship whereby we just are there, but what think sort of we're there to be to do it, to do what we've got to do, but we're not there to to speak to them, and we don't say, "Oi, sir, look this way, that way," you know. It just doesn't happen.
1: Well, hopefully now that. Um we are coming out of lockdown. There'll be a few less virtual calls and a few more real life ones as the Royals start to get out and about again, as I'm sure you've missed being, being able to be out and about on jobs and, and traveling with them and having adventures. So fingers crossed for a return to that safely and, um, and getting a bit back to normal. Um, happy 10th wedding anniversary to William and Kate. It's 10. I wonder what they'll have got each other. Thank you very much for joining us today. Nice to see you. You have to watch out, Russell. I'm coming for your TV gig. Me me on the me on the Facebook telly with Ian Vogler. Working. Both of you. Very
2: impressive.
1: Challenging for the crowd. I mean I put makeup on today and everything. This never happened. It's n- normally you with the slap after you did. It. <laughs> I need it. I, I, I
2: tell you, I need TV it. <laughs>
1: so um what excitement do we have to look forward to? Anything particular coming up?
2: Well, we've been treated this week to a glut of photos, haven't we? So one may pres- wonder if we will see any photographs for Princess Charlotte's birthday on Sunday. The Sunday newspapers
1: will be hoping so. They will they be, they be keeping release, everything crossed. Released under an embargo, and so often they miss out because. Yeah,
2: they do. And so um, I don't know what is decided yet, but. Um, one may one may you know might uh, might think that at uh, some stage over the weekend we might be uh, treated to some new photographs
1: let's hope so and anything else exciting
2: there is something exciting I can't tell you about it.
1: Oh, hate it when you do that.
2: <laughs> I mean, I am not I, even mean, I like, think he's just making it
1: up. There isn't any. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. just it's just there's teasing nothing.
2: us. There's nothing. Well, no, there is. There is there's, there's something exciting next week. There's a couple of things actually next week. It's, it's, well, it's quite exciting. That's so good. yeah,
1: we can look forward to talking about it next week.
2: Yeah, it's When been, it has
1: really happened?
2: yeah I, th- I, I feel like we're being you know i know I, I end up do realize it it's just a couple of weeks since um, Prince Philip's passing and but once the royal mourning period is over, you almost feel like it's they've you know, kind of heard the royal set themselves that Prince Philip would say, just get on with it, get back to normal. There's a lot of things that have happened over the last year. Um, they obviously haven't been able to get out and about and do their jobs that they must be chomping at the bits to do um, certainly this new the new concept of the senior roles who's going to be doing what needs to be sorted out um, I don't know whether it's this you know I know there's these reports of a big summit between William and and Charles and I think it's more of a process than a summit and definitely they would they will be coming together and deciding on the future of what happens they've got to make up for lost time i think there is that there is definitely that feeling that they are really committed to getting out there trying to get away trying to get around the country and then trying to get away as soon as possible when it's safe to do so and so you know we might see a big glut of things coming up in the next six months um And so, yeah, fingers crossed, be exciting times.
1: It will be exciting times. And whatever happens, whether they're doing um, video calls, uh, releasing the pictures on the uh, social media or actually really out and about in real life, we will be following everything that they are up to with great interest. Um, If you are listening on Apple, uh, there's some new release has gone out and some weird things are happening with the podcasts. If you've got the like super up to date, I don't know, iOS, you know, they always do all those updates and everything goes a little bit wonky for a while sometimes anyway. So if it has gone a little bit wonky for you, then hopefully we will find our way into your uh, podcast library soon or otherwise you can always find us on the on the Twitter and the Instagram and click through from there and hopefully you can then give it a little bit of a prod to make sure that you don't miss out because we very much enjoy um, our time chatting with you every week and um, hearing your questions and comments which reminds me I just need to check one final thing and see whether anybody had anything to say I'm sure you all did, where's it gone? one follower rambling girl our 10th anniversary came and went and we didn't celebrate until the 11th we went away for the weekend and while out to dinner my husband gave me a cd of disco music which i love but this was a knockoff band i really didn't want to open it but he insisted and there in the center of the cd was a diamond eternity ring we've now been together 33 years and that ring never leaves my finger happy anniversary william and Catherine. Oh, well done rambling girl and mr rambling girl that is uh that is very lovely um and then our regular friend UNC ninety four girl, Karen, I think. I said earlier a trip to Vegas, but I had the year wrong in my memory. We took the kids to London for a week and Paris for a week. They were eight and six and we had a great time. Oh goodness, being able to travel, what a fabulous thing, whether it's Vegas or London or Paris. Tremendous. So anyway, those of you who have celebrated 10 years of marriage, well done. Thank you. I'm in- also
2: yeah, I'm also gonna give a shout out to to the to the people behind kate's rangers because have you seen that they have set up this as part of 10 years of will and kate they've created a wish list for baby basics um celebrating
1: with a baby bank
2: yeah celebrating the uh the 10th anniversary in the way um that has proved quite popular in the past but this is a great initiative to instead of monetary donations the items purchase will go directly to baby basics and we obviously spoke earlier about Kate being involved with them quite heavily. Um, I think that's something that we'll, we'll see a lot more in the coming months as well. Um, so the items will do, do go directly to Baby Basics and delivered across the UK to families in need. So there is a link on the at Kate's Rangers Twitter, which is pinned at the moment, and you can donate donate via an Amazon.co.uk wish list. Choose the items into the cart. They go into your checkout. You can select the address. Uh, for Baby Basics, add a name and a message if you like, and then they will deliver it. And so far, I'm just checking on the total right now, because it's uh, it's nearly £20,000 that have been raised so far, and that was a, um, a donation that was updated about a couple of hours ago and they said baby basics have said we are raising 20,000 pounds thank you so much for your amazing donations please continue to support to help us reach our 50 for 50 goal of 50 grand and you can donate via a uk virgin money link which is also posted on there so couple get of different- clicking yeah it's uh, um, a cage rangers and baby basics uk are the twitter handles
1: one other more mundane shout out is that um, to Elizabeth Holmes, who when uh, is her fault now? So I saw Kate and William both wearing blue in their portraits, and I was like, "Yes, Elizabeth Holmes picked entirely the right color to theme her book and her outfits and all of those things with her HRH." But we had a really nice chat back in back in the autumn, sometime months and months and months ago. Feels like a lifetime, but anyway, Elizabeth, shout out to you if you are listening, right? This time we really are done. This is the longest wrap-up in the history of the world ever. Um, Russell, have a great week. Yes. What lovely followers, um, listeners. See you on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Save. Um, leave us a review, subscribe, all of those great things. Um, have a great week. Stay safe, stay well. And until next time...
0: Pod save the Queen!